And now, it's time for a Star Trek story. Yeah, you know, Aaron, these nerd franchises love to eventually fall into self-reference rabbit holes. <laughs> In fact, there's a whole Star Trek show called Lower Decks dedicated to it. Um, yeah, but, you know, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, you know, all, all of it, they will all eventually just start to kind of like, for all those longtime fans, they'll kind of pull up these references to kind of like, oh, yeah, I know what they're... What is, it's the um, Leo DiCaprio meme. Yeah. <laughs> From um, what is that? Once upon a time, once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Still need to see that. <laughs> yeah, I lots just know of it by memes. Yeah, um, lots of callbacks in kind of modern, you know, geek TV film culture. Uh, and you know, this has got me thinking because they are all not all call- callbacks are equal. Mm. So, what makes a good callback? You know, I've been pondering this. Mm-hmm. Went and got some coffee and donut with Cass this morning. Mm-hmm. We talked about this a little bit. I think it might be either a good setup for a callback to happen mm-hmm. or no setup at all. Like, <laughs> nobody at all is asking for it. It was not called for in the initial episode at all. And that, like somehow they spun straw into gold and made it like a brilliant callback out of it. That can happen too. Mm, the total, the left field choice. Yeah. <laughs> that gets them becomes a home run. Interesting. So it's either going to have a good setup or no setup at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. That's form. the sauce. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, starter. In- yeah. Interesting. Like there's so many of these days and I mean, we'll get into it when we get to lower decks, but some really work and some I'm like, whatever, who cares? Um, <laughs> References of references. Yeah, references growing upon references. Um, Yeah, it'll be an interesting thing to look at. Star Trek is full of references over its, you know, bajillion year history. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, if Star Trek has any good answers on this because we are, of course, watching Star Trek today on Star Trek Stories. Um, This is episode 43 Silicon Avatar. Silicon Avatar. Um, I, of course, am your wistful host, Jaron Hatch, and I'm joined here by my evocative co-host, Aaron Cole. Hello, Aaron. (laughs) Hello, Jaron. How you doing? (laughs) You're evoking a response to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're just so wistful. I'm so wistful. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. We were wistfully remembering back when we lived in the boys' house and... What wading through beer bottles, weed canisters, the bad old days. Oh, the bad old days. Oh, I miss those bad old days. There were some good old days. Mostly bad old days. <laughs> Mostly bad. Some good. Um, yes. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, we are deep in our look at the TNG glory years. Um, last time we watched Ensign Row, um, where we met both the uh, titular character Ensign Rolaren and the Bajorans for the first time. Um, today on the show, we have a returning guest with us. Um, sitting in the captain's chair, we have the very lovely Markay Llewellyn joining us once again. Hello! Hello! Okay, how the hell are we today? So good! So good! <laughs> Yay, I always love having you on the show. It's always so much fun. It always um, is. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it always, it always brings, I mean, you know, speaking of, I mean, not the bad old days, uh, uh, <laughs> but it's just always, I'm like, Aaron, we always used to like watch shows and just talk about them forever. And Marcade, when we were living together, we certainly spent so much time <laughs> watching stuff and just talking about <laughs> it. And, um, There's yeah. just so much good TV to watch. And so bad. Much, yeah. And All bad. And bad. But you can still have fun watching bad TV. You really can. <laughs> um, yes, for those who don't know, um, R.K. is one of my uh, dearest friends and uh, my former roommate. They used to live in this very, um, very apartment that we're in recording. Um, and last time you were here, we watched Data Lore, um, mm. where we met um, Data's evil twin brother Lore who immediately tried to kill everyone with his buddy the crystalline entity foolproof plan <laughs> <laughs> that really does just feel like maybe a month ago it's really been like five or six months 
like yeah, I know. It's been a while since we, we did all those. Mark was there too, and oh my god, <laughs> we devolved into conversations about appropriate workplace resolution, <laughs> conflict <laughs> resolution, and <laughs> um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Um, and you know, speaking of kind of like watching stuff together, I know you, Marque, you you love a good TV show. Um, I really do. Um, I know you have lots of favorite you know, shows. Um, and you know, we've watched shows, we've talked about shows. What, you know, when you are watching, whether it's binging or revisiting a show, I don't know, what is it in a TV show that you personally like to see, hope to see? What is it you like or hope to see in a good show that speaks to you? That's a good question. And you know, it really depends on what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're looking for something funny mm-hmm. and that has its own set of like situations. And then there's a, but overall, you know, you want a good story. Mm -hmm. You want good character building. Mm -hmm. You want good presentation of narrative. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, usually a good twist. Everyone loves a good twist. Hopefully a double twist, you know, if you're really good. Damn. Um, Double twist. Double Mm -hmm. twist. That's been happening a lot lately, the double twist. (laughs) I I appreciate that. Twist growing upon twists. Um, what, was it Game of Thrones that really popularized the the twists and turns, or at least in the modern terms? I'm trying to think. Like, no, I say Desperate Housewives did that. Oh, for the God, <laughs> Desperate Housewives! What a time! I love the Desperate Housewives. <laughs> Early to mid 2000s, is that what that was? Oh, oh my yeah. God, Desperate Housewives, memory unlocked. Yeah. Been a fucking second since I watched that, or, or maybe ER. Ooh, oh, mm-hmm. way back when. Mm-hmm. I was like, OG, those OG ER shows? ER was just good drama. Mm. Good drama. Um, when it comes to a TV show specifically, I mean, like, there are lots of shows. Like, I mean, Star Trek is something that has lasted for, like, like I said, infinity bajillion years. Um, and, you know, some shows, they kind of start strong. They crash and burn. Some shows start weak and then get really good. I don't know. What do you think this the secret is to, like, I don't know, a show lasting long or having the legs like um for for a tv show you know specifically what do you Mm. think well you know it's funny you say that because lasting long isn't necessarily something i look for in tv anymore at all Mm. some of my favorite shows are of like the single season or two season Mm. narrative where they have a story in mind and they're here to tell it and that's it But there is a lot of value. If you can create and generate a format for a show such as Star Trek did, where you can, instead of having the base, your narrative, it becomes the characters Mm. and the character relationships. When you can build upon that, you can repeat it and go over and over. Over So maybe that's the secret. Mm. Like just having good, solid characters yeah because mm. you know one of the things we all hate in a long-running show is when a character suddenly does something no one expects the character to do like even th- there's a twist and then there's a hold on this person wouldn't do this based off of all the evidence presented right what you about know? last time? and so those kinds of things i mean kind of sank the whole game of thrones franchise into <laughs> 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 a totally fire and it's made a big difference in whether or not seasons can keep going mm. It owes a lot to writers. Um, what do you think, uh, Mark? Hey, especially for some of these long-running sh- like geek and nerd franchises that have been around since the dawn of time. Um, what do you think? Like, makes they all love to do it nowadays. Like, I feel like the MCU is basically just one callback after another now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and a lot of these things kind of have that. A lot of Star Wars shows feel like that. Just everything. So. Uh, in terms of doing callbacks, I don't know. What do you think makes a good callback versus, say, a bad callback? Well, I feel like the intent of a callback is usually to generate a feeling of nostalgia mm-hmm. for the, quote, good old times mm-hmm. of the genre or the universe you're talking about. So if you want it to be an effective callback, you're going to want to make sure that it's a clear sem- has a clear resemblance to what you are aiming for. Mm. And if there's any possible confusion, you want to narrow that down Mm. 
to make sure your message is clear. Mm. And that way you can really summon up that heartstring like mm. ping of, ooh, yeah. this is a familiar thing to me. And the brain likes things that are familiar to it, you know? Mm-hmm. We, we are attracted to things that already align with the things we believe. Oh, I know what this is. Thank God. <laughs> John Williams right? is usually there to help you along. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a callback every time you hear that French horn. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what we're looking for today. Yeah. He's doing a callback. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah. Um, so, like, a, like a, a clear intention behind it. Mm-hmm. Just, like, um, first to say, just, like, here's some random thing in the back. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Exactly. Uh, am I supposed to know what that is? Yeah. It's from episode 47 of series five. And Well, and, sure. you know, I would argue that those callbacks can be helpful, too, because... They can help those fans feel like, oh, I'm an expert in this, mm. and it needs me to be the expert because this fandom needs me to be here mm. to catch this reference for them. So we're part of this together. You know, it pulls you in deeper too. So I guess you know it can go both ways. If a reference is made in a forest and no one is around to hear it, <laughs> is the reference actually made? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I was listening to listening to both your answers. I was also thinking, like, I think also, um, I, I I like some callbacks too when they kind of, especially for some of these big franchises that have like a big world. Like, there's like there's lots of world building and stuff. Uh, sometimes a good callback, I think, also helps establish a sense of continuity that this is like a living, breathing world and things don't just erase. Like, mm-hmm. no, like this that thing that happened way back in book one, that's still around. That's still a thing. It's still affecting the, you know, these characters and it can really make it feel like a really fleshed out. Yeah. Even beyond the story I'm watching right now, like all these things are out there happening and still happening. And I think that's one also thing I like to see sometimes is just help, to help make it feel like it's a real place and, you know, things yeah. will pop back up, you know, like oh hey that's the baby from two years ago and now they're a kid running around yeah um well i guess um we can get into this episode of star trek and see if it gives us any good ideas on what makes a good callback or not um yes today we are watching silicon avatar um this premiered october 14th 1991 this is the fourth episode produced for the fifth season, so still early for this season. Um, so yeah, like we've talked about before, Star Trek does like to do callbacks um, to stuff from previous episodes or even previous series. It's kind of hard not to when you're a 57-year-old franchise with 900-plus episodes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a character, sometimes it's a plot, sometimes it's some random thing that showed up once that you totally forgot about. Um, and then Sully makes your appearance you're like oh my god that's right that was a thing from way back when hi um, yeah and so this is one of those episodes um, where they bring some random thing back that you never saw you were gonna see again and do a whole episode about it um, so that's kind of like the big thing we're gonna be looking in here today um, all right, for those of you who are at home who are going to watch along with us, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can find it by bringing up Season 5, Episode 4, and we will be back after we watch Silicon Avatar.
don't understand. Why are we pursuing the entity if not to destroy it? We're not hunters, Doctor, nor is it our role to exact revenge. What do you propose? We track it down, greet it warmly, and ask it if it would mind terribly not ravaging any more planets? I don't deny that it may be necessary to fire on it, but I look on that as a last resort. Why? Why not just kill it? I want to try to communicate with it. What? We know from our own experience that our shields will protect us. So long as we are in no danger, I will make every effort to communicate. To what end? If we can determine what its needs are, we might find other sources to supply it. Its needs are to slaughter people by the thousands. It is nothing but a giant killing machine. Doctor, the sperm whale on Earth devours millions of cuttlefish as it roams the oceans. It is not evil. It is feeding. The same may be true of the entity. That would be small comfort for those who have died to feed it. We're not talking about cuttlefish. We're talking about people. I would argue that the crystalline entity has as much right to be here as we do. Now, Commander Data has some theories on how we might communicate. Please confer with him. We just got done watching Silicon Avatar. Um, in case you've never seen this one before, didn't watch it with us. So in this one, um, the crew of the Enterprise is helping resettle some colonists on, on a planet. And then randomly, the crystalline entity shows up and attacks. Um, the crystalline entity, of course, having made an appearance way back when in Data Lore, like in the first season. Um, they managed to survive this attack and then eventually the Enterprise goes off in pursuit, trying to track it down, seeing if they can learn something about it and stop it from attacking others. And meanwhile, like this scientist comes aboard to help them find it. And she has this whole thing where like her son used to be on one of the original colonies that was attacked by this thing, the same place that data is from. And so she kind of has this weird first, she hates data because like data's brother Lord caused all this, but then she eventually just gets like, she realizes like her son's memories are inside data and then she becomes like obsessed with him and connecting with her son beyond the grave. And eventually they track down the crystalline entity. They do figure out that they can communicate with it. And so like, there's this moment where it looks like, Oh, we might be able to figure something out. And then she taps some controls and basically ends up sending out a pulse that shatters it and destroys it. Um, and then she has this moment at the end. She's like, data as my son, tell me, you have to understand why I did it. And he basically is like, no, I think he'd be very sad and disappointed with you. Enjoy your hell mom. Uh, and that's, that's the episode. Um, <laughs> kind of a, ends on a heavy, sad note. Um, uh, as always, we start with initial thoughts. Uh, Marquet, initial thoughts coming on off of Silicon avatar. Man, what a heavy episode <laughs> just with that ending. Cause you know, we have seen the silicon, the the crystalline entity in previous episodes, and it seemed really menacing in those previous episodes. So you didn't really expect this kind of storyline about it. 
But it is at that, towards the end, when they finally start finding frequencies that allow them to communicate. It is a scientist, her the mother herself, who figures out how to communicate. And as they're doing that, there's this moment where everyone seems to have this, like, oh, wow, look how beautiful this mm-hmm. and majestic this creature, creature, for lack of other word, is. Because uh, they're realizing they can communicate with it. And then she uses her found communication to kill it. And it is a, you feel that loss of like potential, that loss of knowledge. And then there's this immediate, like, I felt an immediate kind of dread of like, where's this thing's mom? Like, (laughs) (laughs) where does this crystalline entity come from? We don't even know anything about it. You don't know who you just pissed off right now. And so that's it's it will be very interesting to see what comes of it. So that that my first takeaway I guess is the overarching whoa, that was mm-hmm. not expected at all. Mm-mm. No. Um it definitely comes out of nowhere. I wonder if we'll get a lower decks episode where it's basically this episode but from the point of view of like the crystalline entity and it's like Oh, we found the humans, and then the mom crystalline entity goes to like I've studied humans, and, I'm, <laughs> and then kills a human colony, <laughs> and, and then this other crystalline entity. I think your little baby crystalline entity would be very sad. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it a crystalline in entity, entity android. It has a little like beep 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 beep. <laughs> yeah, they've created a synthetic crystalline wow. entity that's trying to discover what it means to be a crystalline. <laughs> I do not agree. Uh, but their evil synthetic crystalline entity used a human to attack it. <laughs> it also has a twin, evil twin crystalline entity, <laughs> synthetic. Mm-hmm. Wow, this lore is deep. Um, yeah, kind of a unexpected. Uh, yeah, because you, like you like you said, it is portrayed as being fairly malicious in the original, like data lore. Um, but it's also really not the focus in that episode. So you don't really know too much about it here. We kind of get more of like, a, Oh, it's about the crystalline entity. And, and it kind of goes off in a, it was definitely a monster in the first one. And this one, it's like, Oh, it's like, it's just an, wait, Picard has that line that the sperm whale, you know, ingests millions of cuttlefish every day. It is not evil doctor. It is feeding. Um, yeah. And just definitely a Star Trekky kind of direction to go with it though. I thought it was going to be a Riker episode, you know, starting off. Mm. Seems like it's going to be a Riker focus and then pivots, moves to the Doctor and Data. Mm-hmm. Okay. Picard takes hold as he does. Shout out to Patrick Stewart. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific acting. And once again, we have to give a shout out to Patrick Stewart <laughs> as Captain Picard for making this episode. Pretty awesome. Uh, you, you know, now that you say that, it also like makes me think of the question of like, because in Data Lore, it kind of felt like the like the lore was working for, for kind of the for crystalline it. entity, mm. and now there's kind of this question of who was using who. Like maybe it was just like the sperm whale, where it's like it was just going to be feeding, mm. and he brought it to like this specific area or something. I have food for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. It just has no idea what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is also inter- interesting at the beginning, like you say, it's like there is an interesting kind of pacing with this where like the first tiny little chunk is this whole extended prologue where they're being attacked and they're all hiding in the caves. And like I feel like the scientist doesn't show up until like the second act. Like she shows up fairly late into the episode. and And they do like – yeah, Riker's very prominent at the beginning. And then there is like one little follow up scene where he goes into Picard's office. And, you know, it's like, and you can tell he's upset about, are you sure we shouldn't kill this thing? Like, but he's feeling like, because he became very friendly with one of the colonists on the planet. <laughs> she was going to show him his desserts, which of course is the best I have part an emotional of stake in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it almost sets it up like it is going to be like a Riker thing. But then it totally shifts into a data thing um, in the end. Do you think this would have been in, it makes sense why they would do data because it ties in with his whole origins with the crystalline entity. But do you think this could have been a Riker episode? Maybe potentially yeah. if it was like a blow him up episode, a blow him up episode. Yeah. 
where that was the only option, then it could have been a good Riker episode. Mm. We've got to separate the saucer section and we've got to blow the, sh- blow the shit out of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting if they followed. Uh, it, it feels like they would change the focus a little bit. It almost feels like it would be, because her whole thing, watching it, it very feels much like a a, a kind of Star Trek Moby Dick for the doctor, you know, her point of view. Like, clearly she just wants to, it's her white whale um, kind of thing. It could have been, yeah, an interesting kind of alternative episode if Riker then kind of wants vengeance against it and you kind of get this dueling Ahab story, but one eventually realizes the path they're on Riker, of course. And then she kind of goes down the path of, but she loses herself to it. Or you could even, I I guess they have, if they didn't want that like mother child relationship aspect, they could have used Riker as that character in time, like mm. instead of adding an additional character. Mm-hmm. If Riker somehow had a tie to that colony that mm. died, mm. instead of like her, for her it was her son, but a, a, a lot of people were affected by that because a lot of people lost people. Mm. And so I could easily see Riker wanting vengeance mm. for a similar loss. Yeah, that could have been. Then I would have, you know, like this kind of Riker data kind of like going off each other where he's like trying to do the right thing data and Riker's like, I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. that would have been interesting. A little conflict between the two of them. Just read it as like, the scientist is like, oh, Riker, you remind me of my son. (laughs) (laughs) Your beard falls the same way his did. (laughs) Um... What do you guys think? So, I mean, you know, the theme of the episode is, you know, callback. So we get the return of the crystalline entity in this episode. Um, interesting thing to bring back. Cause I think when we watched it originally, we were just kind of like, I think we all agreed that it was like, it just kind of felt like some, we need something cool to raise the stakes with, you know, lore and everything. And then, so they decide to bring that back. Um, how do we feel like, is this a worthy thing to bring back? Um, how do we feel about like doing a whole episode, like making that the focus of a whole episode? Uh, it's a good uh, kind of mini conclusion for the crystalline entity. We'll see what happens next. Mm. Um, yeah. So, but, so spoiler alert, it, this, this is it. It does not come back. Never ever. again. Yeah. They killed the only one in existence. Ever again. It was the last yeah. one. It never comes. I mean, there's like a you see it in the opening credits for Lower Decks, right? <laughs> but other than that, it, it that's it. Um, this is basically the resolution of the crystalline entity. No more. <laughs> no, that's it. So, what did it get? Three episodes. Two. Two. Just they introduced it and they killed it in the very next one. Too soon. No, it wasn't. I was honestly just going to say, you know, you, we don't need to see this thing again. <laughs> <laughs> like as far as callbacks go. Yeah. Like, thanks for bringing it back and thanks for putting it away. <laughs> Remember this? Cool. Maybe if we had gone the direction of keeping it alive and, and being able to talk to it, then we welcome to the crystalline entity race into the Federation. And mm. that's a whole different timeline. That could work. Mm. So you yeah. just see, like Starbase 81 with all the different like Romulan and Klingon ships. And then like the crystalline entity just drops out of warp. I'm showing up. I'm here bitches for the board. Mm-hmm. Meeting. What, what do you think? Mark? What do you think about this as an element to kind of bring back and explore? I would have loved it. I think it's really interesting. I mean, I would love it if they continued to bring it back. Mm. I'm really sad that they chose to bring it back just to kill it. <laughs> it feels kind of like a, <laughs> well, you brought it back to have this big twist about it and then the double twist of, and we're going to shoot it out of the sky. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, in a small, in a small way, it's a nothing episode because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from the start to the end, nothing happens. Because uh, anything that happens gets canceled out immediately. Yep. So it's <laughs> kind of sad to me now. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where it all ends for the crystalline entity. And for Not that good. scientist lady, she's done. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forced into retirement. Probably <laughs> some jail time. Um, yeah, what's our feeling on her as a character? Dr. Marr, um, the mom scientist who's there for revenge and was getting lost in all these feelings about her son. I don't know. What, how does she come across in this? She played going around the bend pretty well. <laughs> the moment where she snaps and starts obsessing over data like that when she grabs his face at the end it was like oh my oh, <laughs> give me no. the give me the yuck <laughs> give me chills very well done she got lost down the fucking rabbit hole oh, <laughs> by the end good arc from where she started from when she comes aboard to that ending scene like mm. good character progression mm. or degression Speaking regression. of speaking of progression, regression. Regression. <laughs> I love the way that the costuming department represented that. Because, like, mm. her wardrobe always had this very, like, Empire Strikes Back chic of, like, <laughs> she's, like, kind of, it, but it, it, it goes from these, like, deep reds and purples to, like, gray, just a flat gray. Mm. About around the same time, she makes that turn around the bend, and it, it, it tell it's one of those moments where you're like, hmm, she looks a little more haggard than she did before. Something's a little off, and then everything spirals from there. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like calculating when she's down in engineering with uh, Jordy and and Data, but you're like, what is your plan here? What are you conspiring against? It's not quite clear. Mm-hmm. She just wants to kill it. You find out at the end. But yeah. Yeah, it's interesting at the beginning she's so like excited. Oh, you were the first people to like and like and then she's wearing that color. It's like it is almost like her this kind of face she's putting out. I'm an excited scientist, you know, and um but yeah, then she it's almost like she literally becomes like ashen. You see beneath all that kind of warm doctor scientist mom on the outside. It's just this ashen. Why do you think she tries to like fight against trying to find it when she's down there? I guess that's what I was thinking about. Like they're like, oh, we think we have a way to to track this. We might have a pattern where we can locate this thing. And she's like, oh no, I don't think that'll work. Mm. Why do you think she tries to nag that so hard when her goal is to find it and kill it? Mm. Do you think it's maybe some last like vestige of her that's like, trying to talk herself out of hunting it down and mm, killing it buying some time morally yeah just there's the, that scientist part of her is still just like you, you can't just kill it but like the mom part secretly knows that like oh, as soon as i find the thing i'm killing it like that's clearly what i'm gonna do and this last mm-hmm. part of her was like it's hopeless we shouldn't even go after it oh we found it well then, let's get to work. She joins the dark side at that moment. Straight up. There is also some part of her at the end when they're making contact, and she, and maybe she's just so far down the rabbit hole. But part of me felt that she was genuinely that scientist. Part of her was still just like, oh my. God. God, like we're, 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 we're actually, uh, we actually are talking to it. And she is kind of like, it's beautiful. It's remarkable. But then this like evil mom, (laughs) (laughs) but you're dead. It's so sad that I have to do this. (laughs) (laughs) So it's almost like, yeah, some part of her is, sees it for what it is and how beautiful this potential thing is. But she like literally can't stop herself from doing it which is kind of horrifying to think about if you were to fall so far down some thing where it's like, you literally just can't even control yourself anymore. You're just bye. <laughs> and then she immediately needs to fall on data for reassurance that she did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like just immediately like, please tell me like, you know, all my son's memories. Like I did this for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deep down inside she knows. Mm-hmm. What she's done is horrible, but she needs data to justify it. Very Kathy Bates in Misery. I'm your number one fan. Oh, I would love that callback. <laughs> Kathy Bates as Mara 
kidnaps Data oh, to reconnect man. with her son. <laughs> Data's just in bed and to reconnect with James Conn. <laughs> smashing his android legs off. And... Ah, I felt nothing. Legendary Doctor. science fiction. I don't Misery. know if Kathy, Kathy Bates would, would be fun to see on Star Trek. Like, mm-hmm. she'd be a fun guest star. I don't think they've ever. Lots of people have showed up on it, but I don't think she ever has. She'd be a good one. She'd be good in this role. That seems like a natural fit. I wonder why it never worked out. Mm. Um. Also, yeah, Data is featured pretty heavily, you know, in this one. Like I said, it kind of shifts into a Data episode, and we get a little more. The only two times I think the show ever brings this up, this idea that Data has all these colonist memories within him. The only two times they bring it up, I think, in or in Data lore in this one. Otherwise, they just never address it when it seems like it's like, it seems like it'd be a pretty big, you know, important thing about Data if he has all these people's memories living inside of him. But I don't know. Do you think this episode is a good Data episode? Does that help kind of flesh him about? What do we think about, like, Data as like our featured main character. There's that moment where he uh, escorts the scientist to her quarters. It was very human of him to do so. Maybe like a hint of emotion, like we were talking about. Like, does he? Does he in fact have feelings? He just yeah. doesn't know how to process or describe them. Mm-hmm. But that was a very human moment from Data at the end. Like, yeah. perhaps I should escort the doctor, Captain. I'm sorry, Doctor. I cannot help you. And then very robotic and and cold from him at the end there as well. Yes. I think he would be very sad now. And there's almost, you can feel that kind of sad in him. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, I can't help you. Goodbye, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Marquet? Was a data episode? I really liked the little sprinkle of uh, his flamenco guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his little... Uh, mm-hmm. He seemed to have some emotion as he was playing the guitar as mm-hmm. he was going. And you see some of the art around his apartment. And it these are all things that we associate with human emotion, which are something, something that he's famously not supposed to have. Yeah. So it's really, really cool to see... A different side of data. Mm-hmm. Day to day. Day to day. Yeah, data's day to day. I don't have my glasses. Um. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about that part, and I've seen this one a few times over the years, but it's just one of those things that, like, I don't remember. I'm like, oh my god, he plays the guitar. Totally, totally spaced that, but yeah, very expressive quarters he has. Uh, very interesting, like how artistically expressive. You know, even if you like go to the other uh, characters' quarters, he's taking acting lessons from from Captain Picard and Beverly Crusher, isn't mm. he? Yeah, the, they, the dance the, lessons. The dance lessons. Haven't they both directed him in plays or scenes? Scene work. Yeah, there have we have seen some scenes of Picard directing Data and scene work, like mm-hmm. specifically like in Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. We've seen he's helping him be like I think it's King Henry. They're doing yeah. Shakespeare data. It's you, no one speaks more to the human condition than Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe Bob Ross. <laughs> I mean, Picard and Kirk would tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is kind of an interesting data episode, though. I know that Brent Spiner has said he's like he's not crazy about this episode. He he felt like it wasn't all that it could be. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? What about in terms of this being like a callback and them doing this, like what's interesting or is there, or is there anything potentially that doesn't quite, you're like, mm. I mean, like you said, like most of the episodes, like there's not much happening. Mm-hmm. Lots of techno babble scenes. <laughs> yeah. What should we do about this? Yeah. Trying to track it down. And what about the, proton and um, it emits gamma radiation. Perhaps we should check the gamma radiation oh, yes, if we course. use a wideband covariant signal. and Electrophone. <laughs> 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 and, and, and then we have sex? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I guess it also just seems like once they set course with the thing, yeah, they they're just waiting to get there, and then they're just kind of constantly cutting between like Data and her. Data, tell me more about my son. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> okay, two times you're pushing it. Three times in the elevator, that was awkward as fuck. <laughs> Come on. Cuts to Picard and Riker having a moral scene, then cuts back. Data, tell me once again. Can you tell me once again more about <laughs> Just my son? combing his hair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> putting like a little braids. <laughs> Read the journal entry once more, my son. <laughs> Oh my God, Mrs. Havisham from <laughs> Great Expectations. Come, child. <laughs> Sitting like her bridal dress. <laughs> Come, child. Um, do you think this episode, the character of the doctor, do you think it kind of gives it away a little too early that she's got a screw loose? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, they could have given that are more time at the same time to mm. kind of give us a reason to care about her and her son and their relationship, mm. you know, and instead she just seems like the reason to get rid of the crystalline entity mm. to close the loop. Right. Mm. But yeah, no, other than that, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know. What, what do you think, Marquet? Today is she I, a little? No, I think you summed it up right very well. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Being that there will be nothing more from it, <laughs> apparently, that is so disappointing. I would absolutely love to see Lower Decks explore more with the crystalline, crystalline entity stuff it'd be incredible because what a loss i mean it could have been sassy it could have been <laughs> highly intelligent it could have been good at like small metal work you know we're never gonna know <laughs> because of this loss of life you know it's tragic it is tragic they got, they got it a whole thing where it's like tuned into energies because it's <laughs> There are crystals, and there are different kinds of crystals that are tuned to different kinds of energy. Right. It turns out there's like this intergalactic space force that wields rings that tap into those energies. (laughs) Everything you learned about rose quartz is true. Oh my god! There's the rose quartz crystalline entity and tourmaline over here, and (laughs) love the rose quartz. Is this like a worthy like follow up? To Data Lord, do you think, for the crystalline entity? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a follow-up, really. Yeah, it's definitely its own thing. Yeah. Um, mm. What do you think, Marquet? I agree. I, yeah. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. They brought back something I didn't know I wanted and then took it away. <laughs> so this is a bad callback. This like, is, oh, this could be interesting. And just when it became interesting, uh-uh. <laughs> you killed it. God, I hate when they pull that shit. Remember that character from way back when? Mm-hmm. They're back. Oh, fuck. Yeah, what's going to happen? <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy them. if they died? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, it would. Yeah. Well, there goes that. Pl- just the producers and writers like, hmm, all right. In their head like, that's a wrap. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know. I think this is one of the ones that kind of gets kind of in the shuffle. Of like some people like. I think the director really liked this one, and then like the writer was like, hmm. um. Yeah, I, I never know where to kind of come on this one. It's sad, but then yeah, it, it is. They just there is something just kind of deflating. It's like I guess that's I guess that's it. <laughs> well, well. Did the did the director intend for us to like be rooting for the mom? Well, no, because Data says that the son would be sad. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, the director, I mean, the even the director said there were some things about this he would change. He would said, like, I think we needed to flesh her out a bit more than we did. Um, 
and he wasn't happy with the the ending or the resolution as much as it could have been. It's like it is a sad little moment, but but it it does kind of feel. It kind of feels like two episodes. Mm. Feel like the first half is the Riker episode on the lush, leafy mm. planet with the lady he's courting. And then suddenly you're on the ship and it's Data and this woman who's here and like she mm. finds out he's connected to her son and you go from there. It's kind of disjointed. Yes. It takes time away from both narratives. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first concept is pretty cool too, like human colony out in space getting attacked by an unknown thingy. Thing, yeah. yeah. Very Mass Effect. Mm. Um, yeah, that would be interesting if this was if they split this in the two. I mean, like, it could have really raised the stakes, uh, especially if it like attacked multiple colonies and there's a lot of pressure on them to like, we got to kill this thing. And they could do like flashbacks at the same time to Omicron Theta, and mm. that whole situation, like, looking really at flesh like out his memories, and, yeah, mm. in that first episode, and then you come to this, the second half of the episode, in our second episode, right, with mm. the doctor scientist. And you really give a shit now. No, mm-hmm. oh, that is interesting because I, I know when they greenlit this, they they had no intention to bring the crystalline entity back. It was just never like on a board that said eh, maybe at some point. They just like that. No, that was it. It was just the monster in that one, one one episode, and then they got like a little pitch from just some young writer. It's like, what if you brought it back and there was this weird like trauma thing with this mom? They're like. Hmm, that that could be interesting and whip it up. Um, and I know there was like a lot of excitement about the idea when they decided to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I think the idea is is a good, interesting one. But it almost feels like yeah, it could have used some more to really kind of flesh it out and expand about. Because then it really could have felt like a real like Moby Dick. Because it just feels like oh, we found it, and then they just kind of twiddle their thumbs until they find it, but they could have done like a whole, this quest across space, trying to track it down and they get close and then it's gone. And we're in between six colonies. It could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could have been interesting. Could have been, should have been. We haven't, we haven't <laughs> done, we haven't done this in a while, but we've had a few episodes over the years where it's like, what is this? Is this good or is this is it, bad? Is it, yeah. is it that word? <laughs> mid, 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 yeah, one of those just solidly mid, mid episodes. <laughs> well, there you go, Silicon Avatar mid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts on Silicon Avatar, Malaki? Oh, I think you have hit every note I could possibly imagine. <laughs> possibly think of it. it was a surprisingly flat story. And, but yet there was still, there was a lot that happened at the very short end. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, it's <sighs> looking forward to the next episode where, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> just killing a character. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. Bing. Bye. Bye. Makes me afraid why you had me come back. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Mark. Hey, <laughs> we've also like from the start turning up my resonance on my computer on or the headphones. <laughs> I'm trying to no, th- next time we'll definitely have you on something for more in, uh, something more interesting. Um, oh, and it was still interesting, but cool ideas in the same way that like sourdough bread is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Silicon Avatar, the plain slice of (laughs) sourdough bread with nothing else. (laughs) It's good for you. It's good for you. So good for you. Nice little little pungent taste. (laughs) French swear thoughts. (laughs) Any final thoughts on Silicon Avatar? I'm trying to put it together. The scientist and data at the end of the crystalline (laughs) entity. Yes, as we tell our little legends of Star Trek. Data and crystalline entity. Yeah. Right. Silicon Avatar. 
Sorry, crystalline entity. This one's shout out to the crystalline entity. Respect. Pour one out next time you're having a drink. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> R.A.P. in peace. Shattering. Shattering. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Mark. Hey. Um, yes, thank you. It's always a delight and a pleasure to hang out and. Uh, maybe we'll bring you on one of the, like for like a uh, one of our nerd movies or one of our mm. Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe something big and exciting. I do enjoy movies. Mm. Excellent. The movie mm-hmm. things. The movie things. Yep. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll definitely have you on again. Hey, you know, I'll tell you what. Here's my promise. If Lower Decks does that Crystalline Entity episode, it's you. <laughs> Get Mark on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> they did one. Finger gun. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed us um, talking about it, if not the episode itself. Um, <laughs> can't all be right. Um, neither. Next week. <laughs> n- neither. Neither. Turning uh, off. Next, <laughs> next week, we're going to be watching The First Duty. Um, I know we already we, we said we had watched Wesley Crusher's final mission on the show, but... Be of good cheer, all. He's making his glorious return to to, to the show. Speaking of characters coming back, Wesley's coming back next episode. A lieutenant. Yeah. Um, And we will see how things are going at Starfleet Academy for him. That's where we last left him off. He left the Enterprise to go to Starfleet Academy, so we'll get to check in on Wesley and his school drama at Starfleet Academy. Um, Also, our good friend, Ellen Marie Lewis, We'll be returning to the show to talk about that one with us. Awesome. Always fun when Alan comes over. Oh, she's a hoot. A hoot and a hoot and a holler. All right. Um, thanks again, everyone. Thank you, Marque. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Marque. Thank you, Aaron. Jaron, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, we will um, see you all next time. Um, hopefully n- not getting shattered by a dedicated resonance pulse from the USS Enterprise. Protected by an encrypted password. Yeah, hopefully not. Fingers <laughs> 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 crossed for all you out there. <laughs> Thanks, peeps. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share us your own Star Trek story, you can email us at storiedstartrek at gmail.com. Or you can visit our Discord server. You can find us by clicking on the link in the show description.